0: amen amen well it is good to be able to worship the lord with you this morning and we look forward to what god continues to do we've been looking at this idea of disciple you where we're all growing as disciples learning what it is as we are all part of discipleship university over the next few weeks so welcome to class this morning class glad you're here today And we're going to be looking here in just a few minutes at the topic of the community. Thinking about the community of believers from Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. I was reminded of a story this week. I went to was looking through some of my notes and some different things from the past and came across this. And this story happened during World War II. And during World War II, a general and his subordinate lieutenant were traveling from their base to a base in another state. And they shared a booth on a passenger train with two civilians, an attractive young lady and her grandmother. So in this booth, there's the general, the subordinate lieutenant, and then the attractive young lady and her grandmother. Well, most of the trip, they conversed together very freely. And then the train entered a long, dark tunnel... And once inside the tunnel, all four passengers in this particular booth heard two distinct sounds. Okay? Everybody with me? All right. The first sound was the smooch of a kiss, and the second was a loud slap. (laughs) Now, here are these four people in this booth aboard the passenger train, and they possess four differing perspectives. The young lady is thinking to herself how glad she is that the young lieutenant got up the courage to kiss her, but she is somewhat disappointed at her grandmother for slapping him for doing it. The general is thinking to himself how proud he is of his young lieutenant for being enterprising enough to find this opportunity to kiss the attractive young lady, but he's flabbergasted that she slapped him instead of the lieutenant. The grandmother is flabbergasted to think that the young lieutenant would have the gall to kiss her granddaughter, but she is proud of her granddaughter for slapping him. But the young lieutenant is trying to hold back his laughter, for he found the perfect opportunity to kiss an attractive young lady and slap his superior officer (laughs) all at the same time. What happened was that he seized... The opportunity, right? He sees the opportunity. Well, we have a different type of opportunity that we need to seize each and every week. And that opportunity is the gathering with God's people as a community of believers. Amen? And so let's. let's what we're going to do here is we're going to open up the Word of God in Acts chapter 2... And let's just peek into the windows of the early church, shall we? And let's see how they seized the opportunity to gather together and what that looked like and what that should look like today in the church as well. So we're going to read Acts chapter 2, just a few verses, verses 41 through 47. And in honor and reverence to the Word of God, if you'd please stand as I read that for us today. Acts chapter 2:41. Then those who gladly received his word, that's Peter who's been preaching were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. And then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. And so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Wow. Let's pray. Oh God, how we long for that. How we long for this type church, not only here at Mount Pleasant, but for your church as a whole. Lord, we know that you desire that far much more than what we do. But we're praying this morning that as we open up the word together, that your Holy Spirit would speak into each of our hearts, that he would have the freedom to move in every heart and every life, Lord, to draw us to the place where we need need to be as a part of the church, as believers, to be this community that you've called us to be. So, Lord, speak to our hearts. Let us set aside all the distractions of this world and this life, and may we be focused in on what you want us to hear and understand today. So, Lord, just set me aside, empty me of me, fill me with you. May you have your way. And I pray, Lord, may the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, you see the outline for... The message in your bulletin, I hope that you'll follow along there as we move along during this message. But the first thing that we see here as we're looking at this community, thinking about the early church, we as believers are part of the community, the community of believers. And what did it look like? What what should it look like today? And what we see about them is that the community learns. The community learns. In verse 41 and 42, it tells us here, And, of course, as we come to this passage, as we said, this is in the end of chapter 2 of Acts where Peter had Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit has come. He is preaching a message of repentance for people to repent and believe on Jesus Christ. And many now have come to know Christ in verse verse 41. Then those who gladly received his word, what Peter has just preached, were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. So as we think about that who who is it here that we're talking about who are these people that who are the they that we're talking about and the they are believers and we see here that the that they are baptized even and then baptism is where we identify with the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus and you know that that's where we are immersed in the water and we find that's where we also believe and why we believe that a person uh, in believers' baptism, so that when a person is to be baptized, it's after they've received Christ and are believers, then they are baptized. But these are believers that we're talking about here, and these believers are learning. It tells us here in verse 42 that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine or in the apostles' teaching. They continued steadfastly, meaning they're constantly being diligent in their being under the apostles' teaching. They were being devoted to learning what the apostles were teaching. They were giving themselves over continually to what the teaching of the apostles were. And so this apostles doctrine, this apostles teaching, what is it that they were teaching? What was it that the apostles were teaching these 3,000 believers? Well, You're going to be shocked at this but when you hear this. But here's what they were teaching. They were teaching people about Jesus. Amen? They were not teaching them what was in the Jerusalem Journal for the day. They were not teaching them 18 ways to be happy in Galilee that day. No, they were teaching them about Jesus. And it was a continual teaching about Jesus. And what they would do is they would use the Old Testament to show how Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophecy. And they would also teach what they had learned from Jesus as they walked with him and they talked with him. And they would teach how Jesus lived and what he taught. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit within them, was bringing back all the things that Jesus had taught them, bringing them back to their remembrance so that they would be teaching these new converts. About what it is to follow Christ. Because that's why it was important. There were thousands of new converts who needed to understand what it was to love Jesus, to follow Jesus, to be like Jesus, to be about him in all things. That's what they were teaching. But they were doing more than just giving these new believers good information. They were making disciples by teaching them. And so here's the bottom line here. A biblical church... A community of believers where we gather together, a biblical church is marked by teaching. And it's a teaching about Jesus. Amen? Amen. That's what a community is to do. That's what, we're, that's what they did. That's what we're supposed to do as we gather together. It is to be di- being discipled, being taught about who it is, who Jesus is. And we see that these folks... In this passage of Scripture, as you look through here, they were serious about this learning. They were serious about this teaching. Because it tells us here that they met daily. They met daily. Uh Uh-oh, pastors getting ready to tell us we have church every day. Well, no, I'm not going to do that. But hey, if you want to come on by every day, we'll see if we can work out. But that's not what we're saying here. But that's what they did. As a matter of fact, in verse 46, it tells us they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. Notice it was not just this once a week, now I'm done for the week kind of a deal, but this was a daily meeting together as a community for worship and learning more about Jesus. It was living the life and growing in the faith day by day by day by day. They were being disciples. See, discipleship is learning more, listen, discipleship is learning more about Christ, which leads to be more in love with Christ, which then moves us to becoming more like Christ. Are y'all got that? All right, let's just do that one more time. Make sure you got it. Okay, class. Okay, here we go. Discipleship is learning more about Christ, which leads us to be more in love with Christ, which then moves us to becoming more like Christ, all right? So as a community of believers then today, where does this take place? Where does this take place, this teaching, so that we can learn more about Him, leading us to be more in love with Him, and to move us to become more like Him? Well, guess what? You're right here, right here in worship. That takes place right here. It's important for us to be here in worship, to learn as we worship together. Worship as the, as the praise band leads us to that place. As we partake of the Lord's Supper, when we see baptism, as we hear the Word proclaimed, that's part of worship. It's very important that we're right here worshiping the Lord together, learning together. But guess what? This is not the only place that that happens. There is to be other places in your life as well. You know that Right before the 11 o'clock service, there are Sunday school classes that are going on, Bible study fellowships, and we would love for you to take part because there's some great teaching about who Jesus is and what it is to be like Him and to love Him more in those classes as well. You should be involved in those things as well. Right now as we're meeting, those who are in 930 uh, worship service are in their classes. It's a great place to be learning, but not only in those Sunday school or Bible fellowships, but also during the, during the month, there are community groups that are taking place where we gather together for fellowship time and, and then also study together, break open the bread of life together, and learn more about who it is to follow Jesus and love Jesus and be like Jesus. Amen? A lot of things that are going on. But not all that, there's also Bible studies that are offered from time to time. Right now there's women's BSF. There's a Bible study for women on Thursday nights. There's all kinds of Bible studies that take place throughout the year. And then, then on top of that, there's even one-on-one mentoring there's places for you to for you to come up alongside another believer men with men women with women amen and come together and brag on Jesus together open the word of God together learn together weep together Spend time together with the, the Word of God and learn what it is to follow Jesus together. That one-on-one discipleship. That's sweet stuff, amen? And so that's, where, that's part of this discipling as well. Also, teaching, taking the opportunity to teach your children and your grandchildren when you're driving down the road, when you're sitting at the table. This is when discipleship happens. Discipleship is a process. We're always learning. Believe it or not, none of us have graduated from that school yet, Right? somebody asked me going out today when we were going to get our diplomas for this class. I said, it's going to be a while. And the truth of the matter is, we won't get our diploma until we see Jesus. Amen? That's when we we get that diploma. We see him face to face. So as a community of believers, listen, we want to seize every opportunity to learn more about Jesus. Amen? To learn as much as we can about him because it leads us to love him more and to be like him. And so as we find out with this community of believers, we find first the community of believers learns. Secondly, the community of believers loves. The community of believers loves. We see that in this passage, there are several words here in these verses that point to the fact that these people, this community, loved each other because of their love for Jesus Christ. And so one of the first things we see here, verse 42 tells us they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. The word fellowship means partnership or sharing. This community of believers is a partnership because Christians become partners with Christ as he saves us, but also we become partners with other believers. So we have a commonality with all other believers in Christ. Here's what we have in common. We as believers belong to Jesus, and He is our Savior. And so we have this fellowship together as believers, this community of fellowship. In First John chapter 1, it tells us these words, "...that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ." We have this fellowship with each other, but also our fellowship together is a fellowship we have with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ, bound by the blood of Christ and by His Spirit. You know, here's an interesting thing that as a community of believers, this, this community that we have as believers really is unique, isn't it? You know, We come together from as, as the church as a whole, not just Mount Pleasant, but certainly Mount Pleasant is a part of that, but the church as a whole those who are truly believers in Jesus Christ, we are able to come together from different ethnic backgrounds, from different cultures, from different social statuses, from different positions, and here's the thing. We all need Jesus, right? We all need Jesus, and we come together as he has saved us by his grace, and we are together as the family of God, a community Of believers, You know, it's a fascinating thing that even if I go away on vacation or on a missions trip, I can look on the Internet and I can find a church that's a Bible-believing, Christ-centered church, and I can go to their service on Sunday morning, and I can walk in, and I can be at home among those believers because they are my brothers and sisters in Christ. I don't know their name. I've never seen them before, but we are family as brothers and sisters of Christ. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Because that's who we are as this community of believers because we have a love for Jesus and we have a love for each other. We're part of the family of God. We have this common bond in Jesus Christ. So as Christians in this community, we belong to Jesus and we belong together in this fellowship, as the Bible says, that they had this fellowship. Each church had this fellowship. But secondly, also, the early church had a love for each other. We find that in that they broke bread together. They had love for each other as we see the fellowship, but also we see that they broke bread together. In verse 42, it tells us there that um, in the break, it says that they continued steadfastly, apostles' doctrine, fellowship, in the breaking of bread. Verse 46, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. And that, that goes to show that they ate their meals together. They fellowshiped together. They had meals together as they were going from house to house. They, they enjoyed that time together, and the breaking of bread was having a meal together. You know, it really is a precious time and a sweet time when you can go to someone's house or go out to eat with somebody, and you sit across the table from folks, and you fellowship over a meal. Isn't there something about that? There's something that bonds us together to be able to do that. That's what they were doing Daily. But not only that, but as they were meeting together and they were breaking bread together, as they would break bread, literally breaking bread, every meal had a religious significance. Every, t- every time they would break the bread, they were reminded of Jesus' words to the disciples at the Last Supper where he used the simple act of breaking bread as a symbol of his body which is broken and given th- for them. Much of what we talked about at the Lord's Supper here just a few minutes ago. But in Luke 22, 19, we find Jesus... It tells us that, that Jesus took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So as they would have these meals together, they would break bread. And as they would do, they would grow in their love for Jesus as they would be reminded of what it was that Jesus did for them. And as they grew in their love for Jesus, they would also be growing in love for each other as they would break bread together. It's a beautiful thing. They had love for each other. As they had fellowship, they had broke bread broke bread together. Then also we find another couple of words here in verse 44 that shows that they loved each other out of a love for Jesus. It tells us verse 44, Now all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. Well, what does that tell us? It tells us that they were unified. They were a unified people. They were people from... Now, it's interesting. They were people from all kinds of different backgrounds, and yet they were together... And had all things in common. They were a unified group of people. Thousands of people who were unified together having all things in common. You see, what was happening is they were fulfilling the words of the Lord to his disciples just before he was crucified. You know this passage in John 13 verses 34 and 35 where he says, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. And by this... All will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And that's exactly what was happening here. These new Christians were unified with a love for each other. No matter what. They had a love for each other. No matter what. They had a love for each other. No matter what. No matter what. No matter what. what, They had love for each other. Y'all with me? No matter what, we love each other. You see, and that's what he's talking about here. They were unified. They had this love for each other. As they had this fellowship, The breaking of the bread. We see that. They were together. They had all things in common. But also we find these words in verse 45. It says, And they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. They sold their possessions and divided them among everybody for those who had needs. They were See, what was happening is they were helping each other. As believers in need, they were, who had need, they were helping them, selling their property. They were selling their property. Now, this wasn't the stuff that was just in the attic that you've been wanting to get gone anyway. Right? Can I get an amen right there? Yeah, that's right. This is stuff that they had. They just wanted to help somebody. These are things maybe that they had that were precious to them. They were selling their property to help People who were in need. Because they loved them. They loved the Lord. And that caused them to love their fellow believers as well. Now understand this was not communism. Because nobody told them to do this. This was totally voluntary. It was an expression of their love wanting to help people. Okay? Jesus Christ had given his all for them. Watch this. Jesus had given him given them His all, and now they are prepared to give their all for Jesus and for each other. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2, the Bible tells us that we are to walk in love. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given Himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. They had listen. They had a love for each other, and brothers and sisters. So should we. No matter what, loving each other. Now, that which hinders this love for each other in the community of believers today really is a lack of faith in God, not trusting the Lord. It's having a worldliness where the world takes precedence of our lives, and it's also a selfishness where I'm I'm, I'm all about me. I don't want to love somebody. Else. I want to love me more than anybody else. That hinders our love of the Lord, but also loving each other. But yet there's another word here, I think, that shows us how they loved each other. On top of the fellowship, the breaking of the bread, being together, and all these things. Now we find the word in verse 46. We find continuing daily. The word daily. Continuing daily with one accord in the temple. Breaking bread from house to house. Continuing daily. They continued daily in the temple. They met together daily. You know, as I was thinking about that, I was reminded of what it tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. It says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not, watch this, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. This community of believers As we see it in the word of God, not only here in Acts, but also in these other places, that it is our responsibility and it's also our obligation, but it's also our joy to meet together and not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as we come together. And so the duty that they had as they came together as the early church really should be the same duty that we have. Their duty was, their spiritual duty was to stimulate each other as believers towards righteousness. To learn what it is to live for Jesus, to love Jesus, to be about Jesus, and to live righteously before God. And to be obedient, to stir each other up toward obedience. Sometimes it's not easy to say yes to what God calls us to do, but we need each other to encourage us along to say, yes, that's exactly what you need to do, to, to be obedient to what God has called us to do. And also it is to stir each other up not only for righteousness and obedience, but to stir each other up to have a greater affection for Christ. That's what we want to do. Is we want to stir each other up, so that when we walk away from encountering each other, then when we walk away from each other, we are loving Jesus more than we first got together. Amen. That's what we should be doing, and that's what we find here in the Scripture. That that's our responsibility to encourage one another, and so much the more as you see that day approaching, and you need to know the day is approaching. It's coming. And so as that day is approaching, friends, let us stir each other up to be more in love with Jesus, to live that life of righteousness, and be obedient in all that he calls us to do. Amen? That's what we need to be doing. And he says, and not forsaking our gathering together. Not forsaking their gathering together because it's important. Listen, it is important for us to gather together. It's important for us to worship together. It's important for us to learn together and to love each other as believers, and to and watch and to not do that is sin against God's word. To not gather as we're supposed to, to forsake our assembling together, to not love each other as we're supposed to, is sin against God's word. Ronnie Floyd is former president of the Southern Baptist Convention he posted something on uh, social media this week and it just fit with what we're talking about today so I wanted to share, you that, share with you that quote he said this we, as he's speaking to his church he says we do not believe infrequent church attendance is God's will for your life nor is it a good testimony of your faith or our church isn't that the truth if we're not if we're not going to be frequent in going to church as 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 we go to church it's 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 a poor testimony of this this person that you say has made a difference in your life your faith but also it says something about the church you attend right and so he's saying if you do if you are infrequent in going to church it is not God's will to be infrequent now understand going to church does not make you a christian but brothers and sisters, as a Christian, I want to go to church. I want to be with God's people. I had one of the sweet saints that went out this morning and said, I love coming to church, and I love that it's this one. And I said, Sister, I love it too. Amen. Amen. So we are grateful. That's what God has given us. The early church was marked by faithful attendance, and they didn't mark it off to see who was there. They wanted to be together meeting together daily in the temple, going from house to house, eating together, worshiping together, loving each other. And there's a reason why. There's a reason why they wanted to do that. Here's the reason. Because the risen Christ was a living reality to them. Jesus was real to them, and they knew that they needed Jesus, and they knew that they needed each other to encourage each other in this walk called the Christian faith. They needed him, they needed each other. And so this community of believers loved each other. They learned, they loved, and thirdly, the community lifts. They lift, and they lift by prayer. Look at verse 42 again. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. They prayed as individuals, they prayed as community of believers. They lifted their prayers to the Lord, and why? Because they depended on Him. They knew they needed to depend on the Lord. They prayed because they knew Him, they trusted Him, and they depended upon Him. They knew they could not be faithful without the Lord's help. They needed Him so that they could live the life that He would called them to live as believers. Presenting the gospel, sowing the seed, meeting people, pointing them to Jesus. And so they, what they do? They prayed. Well, what did they pray for? Well, that's a good question. Let's see if we can figure that out. Well, they've prayed, first off, we know that they prayed, as you look in Acts, they prayed for boldness. In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John are arrested because they're preaching about Jesus, they're standing up in the, in the street corners, they're standing up and they're preaching about Jesus, they're not ashamed to preach about Jesus, and the Sanhedrin the religious leaders told them to not speak anymore about this Jesus, and so what happened is Peter and John came back to the church they told what they'd been commanded and so what did they do, they prayed so as they prayed in Acts chapter 4 verse 29, we find that the church prayed and here's what they prayed, now Lord send your fire down on these people That's not what they prayed. No, listen. Here's what they prayed. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. They prayed for boldness. The attacks were coming against them. The persecution was beginning. And they didn't pray for it to stop. They prayed for more boldness to continue. Amen? We need to pray for more boldness no matter the attacks that come, no matter the persecution that comes, no matter the words that come our way, the actions that come our way, because we're believers, pray for boldness to present the gospel, to share our faith with others. They prayed for boldness. They also prayed for each other. We find in the book of Acts, also in, verse, in chapter 12, when Peter was arrested by Herod, and King Herod was planning on killing Peter just like he had killed James. We find in Acts chapter 12, verse 5, these words, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. They were praying for Peter as he was a leader, but also as a disciple. They were praying for each other. They were praying for boldness. They were praying for each other. And then also we know that they prayed for the lost. When you look back at verse 42 again and verse 43, we find In verse 42, it tells us as they continued steadfastly in the doctrine, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and in prayers. The next word is, then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. So what that tells us is that they were praying, as praying for the lost, and God is answering as people were filled with awe at what the Lord was doing, confirming through signs and wonders that these things were so. And then we find in verse 47 that the Lord added added to the church daily those who are being saved. God answered their prayer. They prayed for the lost. Friends, when was the last time you prayed for a lost person? When was the last time you prayed for somebody who was lost? Let me just challenge you today. Maybe you've got a list. Maybe you don't. But if you don't have a list of people that you're praying for, would you seek out three people? that you know that don't know Jesus as Savior. Put them on a list and pray for those three people every day. Asking God to tenderize the heart, to be prepared to hear the gospel, and ask him to use you as an instrument to point them to Jesus. Three people. And let's just go one better than that. Why don't you get up with a brother or sister in Christ and ask them to also come up with three people. And you pray for your three plus their three. And let them pray for their three plus your three. And you pray together for these lost people. And then watch and see what God will do. Amen? Amen. Let's pray for the lost. The early church prayed for the lost. They prayed for boldness. They prayed for each other. And they prayed for the lost. And the Lord added to the church daily. The community of believers learns. It loves. It lifts. And then fourthly, it lights. In verse 47, he says, Praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. The early church, listen, the early church had an attitude of thankful and joyful worship. They demonstrated the love of God to one another in tangible ways, and it was like wildfire. People would see this happening, and it was a powerful testimony among the unsaved Jews, not only because of the miracles that were being done by the apostles, but also because of the way that this, this community of believers fellowshiped together, loved each other, and served the Lord together. It was a testimony. And the risen, listen, the risen Lord continued to work in and through those people, and people continued to be saved. They were lights to the community, pointing people to Jesus through their love for Jesus and their love for each other. And so must we there are many opportunities listen there are many opportunities that we have each and every one of us every day to meet people where they are and to point them to jesus but will we do it will we have those gospel conversations will we have conversations with people that plants the seed to point people to jesus you know we all have opportunities every day to talk to people using the everyday things of life to talk to people about their walk with the Lord and what God's done in your life. But let me just give you some things that also our church is doing to help you to know that there are places and there's a way that we as a community of believers can also meet people where they are and point them to Jesus as being a light to this world. One of them is this coming Tuesday night is Community Night Out. We're going to be one place of several here in, the, in Colonial Heights where first responders are going to come and be here. And just the community is invited to come. We're going to have some, some games, some goodies, some food, all kinds of stuff here. And we need people just to come to volunteer to help with those things. But we need you to, one, pray for the folks that are coming. We're, we're inviting people to come to our church campus, and they will come. And so we need to be about visiting around, just talking to those folks as they're here, having conversations. Building up relationships ultimately to point them toward Jesus Christ. Amen? I mean it's just simple. This is not rocket science. Folks who are here. We're going to talk to them. Build relationships with them. Community night out this Tuesday night. All right? Go ahead, write it down. Plan to be here Tuesday night. All right. Another one is Trunk or Treat. This coming up on Halloween. Every year Halloween falls on the same day, okay? October thirty-first. You can remember this. Trunk or treat. We would like to have 40 vehicles here. I think we're up to about 20 or so right now of having trunks. And we want you, if you can, to bring your car up here, pull it in, pull the trunk up, and bring out some candy that you're going to give to people as they come through. And here, it's, it's amazing, all right? It's an amazing thing. You'll stand at your car in the church parking lot giving out candy, and between 1,500 and 2,000 people will walk past you and, have, and, and speak to you. How often do we allow this? I mean, do we do this kind of thing? We're making this really easy, right? <laughs> be a part of that. Be a part of that where you can be a light to the people who are in darkness. Amen? Amen. We're building relationships, loving on our community, helping them out, serving them. But at the same time, we're able to build up these relationships to, to engage in conversations that point to Jesus Christ. There's another thing that's coming up in November. You may not have heard about this one. Every year in, no, in November, our state convention does what's known as our, our homecoming. So the state convention takes place in November. Different, different parts of the state every year. This year it's going to be taking place here in Colonial Heights. So all SBCV churches are invited to come to this annual meeting at the Heights on November the 12th through the 14th. But every year typically what happens is the day before this convention takes place, there is a crossover. There is a, an event where they uh, choose a community. Around where the convention is, and go out and just love on the community and do things to help with that community, like cleaning up uh, parks and, uh, and pregnancy centers, helping with pregnancy, all kinds of things like that. Well, we have, our, our church, Mount Pleasant, has decided to take part in this, of course, and our task is that we're going to partner with. Uh, the Petersburg Fire Department, the American Red Cross, the North American Mission Board and any other SBCV church that wants to join our church and we're going to be going door to door in an area of Petersburg that the fire department has chosen to ask the people at every house do they need a smoke detector. As we ha- and we had talked to them about the smoke, smoke detector. We're going to be providing some of the manual labor for that but also there'll be people who will be taking the information on uh, on the paperwork for them. But you're able to just engage in conversations. It's a wonderful opportunity. And then we will invite them to come to a block party that afternoon that will be at the park. My friends, you'll be hearing more about that in the days to come. But I want you to take part. These are areas where you can be a part of being a light to the people in darkness. Amen? We all have these opportunities every day. But then there are those things that we do as a church. And by the way, just so you know, that's missions. Amen? That's missions, local missions. And we need to be a part of that. So pray about it and be a part. But pastor, I don't know what to say when I meet up with people like that. You don't know what to say. Have mercy. You don't know what to say. We said this past Wednesday night at the well, as believers, as believers in Jesus Christ, we are, All have a story. Amen? We all have a story. How Jesus has changed us, how he's blessed us, how he loves us, how he's helped us, what he's done for us. We all have a story. Listen, friends. You just be faithful to be where God calls you to be and speak up as he calls you to speak up. Because it's not your job to save anybody. It's your job just to be faithful. Amen. You see, the Bible tells us here that the Lord added to the church daily, those who are being saved. It's the Lord who does the saving. You don't do a bit of that. you just are an instrument, amen. So you just be a faithful instrument, a faithful vessel of God, carry on the conversations, and let the Lord take of it, Take care of it. He carries the load, Amen. He carries it. You just be faithful. I don't know if I really know what to say. How about this? I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. May I tell you what? That's a story, isn't it? God is faithful. He saved someone like me. He can save you. He can save anybody. He is a faithful God who loves us, who went to the cross and rose again and offers us hope. That's our story. The story that we have as a community of believers. We are to tell our story, but also we're to live out that story daily. And our love for Jesus, for each other. Because he is the one who adds to the church. And we're to be faithful as lights and leave the results to him. Okay, class? Okay, class? So as a community, we have... see the community of believers learns, loves, lifts, and lights. So here is your assignments. No, be, and do, all right? What do you need to know? We need to walk away from here, and this is what you need to know. You need to know that as believers, a community believers, we are bound together by the blood of Jesus Christ. That is what binds us together, friends. It does not matter to me whether you are a Republican or a Democrat. It does not matter to me whether you were born uh, 20 years ago or 60 years ago. It does not matter to me if you were born on my side of the tracks or somebody else's side of the tracks. It doesn't matter to us because we know that as believers, we are bound together by the blood of Jesus Christ as believers. Amen? Never forget that. Know that. You know, as I think about this idea of how it doesn't matter what our background, or economic status, but that he has put us all together. You know, that is a beautiful thing, isn't it? It's a beautiful thing, this thing called the church. Have you all ever been to the symphony or an orchestra? And maybe you get there a little bit early, and you're sitting out in the auditorium, and you hear in the the clarinets and the saxophones come in and the you know the, the um, brass instruments come in the trumpets the trombones and you got the, the violins and they're all and they're squeaking and there's squawking and they're tapping and all kinds of crazy sounds as you listen to them prepare right y'all know what I'm talking about I'm not the only one here that's ever been to an orchestra right okay you know what I'm talking about. good just making sure I didn't miss something somewhere And you're listening to this, and you're like, oh, have mercy, this is a train wreck. But then something happens when the time for it to begin, there's a gentleman or a lady who comes across the stage, steps in front of these folks that have just been squeaking and squawking, and he raises his hands, and there is a beautiful symphony that begins. Isn't it? Beautiful. Now you just think about that. That's sort of a picture of the church, isn't it? We come from all kinds of backgrounds and baggage and difficulties and struggles. And then we have this one person who comes in. And he raises his hands, not this way, but this way. He stretches his hands out and he saves us. And he makes us one symphony. This thing, this beautiful thing called the church. And he uses us to bring beautiful music to a world that's lost to point them to Jesus Christ where he gets the glory and not us. Amen? Amen. No, we're bound together by the blood of Jesus Christ. That sympathy is a picture of the church. Now, here's the word. Here's the be. Be the church. Come on, people. Be the church. Be the church. Now. We come together, in this service that we have together, this church service, this is very important. We're not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together. We learn, we love, we lift, we're lights, but we come together as a church. But understand, the church service is a huddle. We run the plays during the week. And so the game is not won in the hurdle. The game is won when we go out there and do the game, right? So be the church as you go out. Be the people of God. As you go out, live that life out in front of other people and point them to Jesus. Be the church. And then thirdly, the do is get connected and learning. Do get connected and learning. If you're not involved in a Sunday school class, we have the list of those out there at the welcome desk. Find one, get involved, get connected. If you're not involved in a community group, Community group during the month. We'd love for you to be a part of those. Bible study fellowships. All these things. Be involved in all of these things as much as you possibly can. Get with another believer. Men with men. Women with women. Y'all with me? Make sure. Men with men. Women with women. And partner up by way of discipling each other. Sharpening each other up for what it is to follow Jesus and to love Jesus. It's so important. Don't lose out on that. Don't lose out on it. Get connected in your learning. And then also, don't forget that we do this thing called church every week on Sunday. Come together, amen, and be with us on Sunday morning. If you don't have a church home, we want you to be a part of that here with us. We'd love for that. And, and brothers and sisters, listen. If this is all that you're doing in your walk with Jesus is just coming to the, the wor- 11 o'clock worship service at Mount Pleasant on Sunday morning, we're glad that you're here, but there needs to be so much more in your life. There needs to be more, more learning. There's more learning to be done. You can't get it all in just a few minutes on Sunday morning. Continue day by day to grow in your walk with Jesus. Get connected with folks. And if you don't know this Jesus, it all begins with that first step. If you've never trusted Jesus, know that he loves you, that he died for you on the cross because we're all sinners. You see, as you look around this room, there's not a perfect person here. None of us. We all are sinners in need of a Savior. And Jesus came to save us from our sin. And so we trust that he died for us as we turn from our sin and turn to Jesus in repentance and embrace believing with all of our heart that Jesus is God's Son who died on the cross and rose again bodily from the grave, professing him to be the Lord of our life. It's a step of faith where we're trusting him to save us because we cannot save ourselves. We need him. And he loves you and is calling for you to come to him. So if you've never done that today, we pray that you will today as we come to this invitation. And for those of us who are Christians, may this be a time of reminder of what it is to grow in our daily walk. Day by day by day. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would have your way in our hearts and lives as we continue to worship you and follow you and be faithful to you. Lord, help us to grow in that walk, to grow in a love for you, to grow as disciples. And, Father, we will give you the praise, honor, and glory. We pray especially are those here that have not trusted Jesus, that this time of invitation would be a time where they would say, yes, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I want to be his disciple. And so, Father, I pray that as we come to that moment of decision, that if there are those who, who would say that, they'd come take Pastor Joe by the hand or me by the hand. We'd be glad to pray with them. Or maybe you're just working in our hearts and lives about other things, things we need to surrender, things, Lord, we need to be obedient about, things we need to just pray about. Lord, we pray that you just give us wisdom and freedom to come and pray silently here at the altar or come and pray with Pastor Joe and myself. But, Lord, may you work in all of our lives that when we walk away from here, we'll know that we have a greater affection for Christ because of who you are and what you've done. We'll give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing together.